Strong Opinion Sports is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Oh my goodness. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 574. Welcome in. Christmas morning is here. It is time for the NFL season to start later today. Kansas City will play Detroit in the first NFL game of the year. You guys, I cannot wait. I am so excited. I think this could be, man, I think this might be my favorite NFL season of all time. It's going to be so interesting. So many great storylines. It's going to be so much fun to watch. Um, Today we are doing NFL predictions round two or the final round of NFL predictions. The goal is for this to not be a four hour show. Uh, we're going to talk about all 32 NFL teams. That's a lot. 32 times one already gets us to half an hour. If I talk for two minutes about each NFL team, that's an hour-long show. I am hoping this can be a traditional, not super long show. Um, you know, predictions round one took four episodes. I did four episodes. I talked really in-depth about each NFL team, except for maybe Arizona. Cardinals fans are still mad at me about that. Um, <laughs> I'm simply not doing that again. I'm not doing four episodes to do predictions round two. I've had a lot of time to think since round one. This is almost like predictions update or something. Um, I went through my process again. I went through every NFL game. I picked the winner for every NFL game. Things are a little bit different in round two than round one. I feel better about round two than I did about round one because I'm using new information I learned from the preseason, from watching training camp. Um, I also used a website, shout out to a guy named Raymond. He reached out to me on Patreon and said, hey, Zach, are you using the website playoffpredictors.com? Not a sponsor. I don't even know how they would make money from me, to be honest. Um, but you make an account and they make it really easy to like pick at the winner of every game. And it's really detailed and great. And I use that and it was so much easier than my old process, which was, let me, hold on, give me one sec. My old, my old process involved grabbing this stack of papers and going through each game one by one, bang, bang, win, loss, win, loss, try, then trying to, at the end, count it all up. I was so glad to automate that process. I was going to do it again. I have another stack of blank schedules to go through, and I was like, you know what? Let me just find a website to do this. Raymond, thank you for your help. I love you. You're awesome. Um, what I'm going to do here, I'm going to share the updated or final prediction. Some of them are not updated. Some of them have not changed. Like the the Vikings, I believe, no change in their prediction. Um, so my goal is to aim for a shorter episode than I've done before. Oh, hold on. I'm looking at myself. Um, that significantly changed the white balance. I don't love it. Um, holding up that piece of paper. I like that when it's like a darker tone I don't know. I'm going to just keep rolling, to be honest. But I, I don't like how, you know, if I don't hold up the piece of paper, like a lot of times when you record a show, you hold up a piece of paper to help white balance the, the camera. I intentionally don't do that because I like the darker tone, the darker vibes of the show. Um, so, yeah, uh, now I've got a whiter complexion probably than you've ever seen. I look less tan than I used to, I'm sure. Uh, it's more lit up. Let me know if you're watching on YouTube. Do you like with the, the white balance corrected properly or do you like the old show? A little bit darker, more tan tones. Um, I'm looking at the screen now off to my to my right. Whatever. I'm going to leave it. Um, 
So what I was saying was, I I want you to expect a short snippet for every NFL team. I'm not going to go into breaking down the roster, all the great things. I already did that. If you want to have more information from me about every NFL team, go listen to Predictions Round 1. I'm really proud of that content. It's great content. It's awesome. This is going to be the final prediction and then kind of why. What happened? Why do I feel this way about this NFL team? It's going to be short. It's going to be to the point. But first, before we do anything, we got to pay the bills. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. On top of that, all customers who bet $5 will also get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I use YouTube TV. It's great. That's literally how I watch all of my football. I highly recommend it. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston. That is FanDuel.com Boston. And kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Now, you must be 21 years or older and present in Massachusetts for this to apply. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. The NFL Sunday ticket offer ends on September 18th, 2023. There are no refunds and terms and embargoes apply. $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket. That is not $100 off of YouTube TV. The YouTube TV base plan is required to watch YouTube TV. Sunday ticket is an add-on on top of that. You get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket, the YouTube TV add-on. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use is excluded Subscription renews, cancel anytime. All right, we are back. Let's start by talking about the Cleveland Browns. I have the Browns going 13 and 4 this year. That's a lot of wins. That's not very many losses. I understand that. This would give them the number one seed in the AFC. By the way, they are in the toughest division in football. I recognize all of that. Uh, here's one thing about the Browns you got to know they were bad last year. So their schedule is going to be easier. They play Tennessee, Indy, Houston, Arizona, Chicago, the Rams. There's a lot of winnable games on this team's schedule. On top of that, the Cleveland Browns are absolutely loaded. And their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, like him or not, I think is going to be really good this year. And actually, I think he's going to end up being kind of the villain of the NFL. Someone collectively most people root against. And you know what's good for a villain when you're rooting against someone and they win more? It actually makes your villain status raised. If we hate on Russell Wilson, I saw Russell Wilson voted recently as like the number one villain in the NFL. Here's the thing. Um, if he doesn't win, it doesn't matter. If Deshaun Watson's winning and killing it, the villain status is going to get raised more and more. And I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a good year, love him or hate him. Hopefully no one loves him, but whether you like it or not, he's going to be really good. I believe that. Last time we saw him play a full season of football, he was outstanding, and that was on a horrible Houston Texans team. This year, 
They've got a great offensive line, a great defensive line. I mean, linemen, man, are so important to winning football games. They've got Miles Garrett, who can make any quarterback's day getting after the quarterback. He's a pass rusher. He can ruin any offense, basically. You've got a bunch of playmakers on offense. Nick Chubb, their running back. Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Elijah Moore, uh, receiver, Donovan Peoples-Jones. They've got playmakers all over the field. They've got great linemen. And again, being bad last year means their schedule this year is going to be easier and more manageable. I have the Cleveland Browns going 13-4 and this year. The Buffalo Bills. The Bills, in my opinion, are going to go 12-5. and I am worried about the Bills' long-term future. They got to pay everybody. I think this could be the last year of the Super Bowl window with the current roster they have, the current core of players they have. Guys are getting older. Some guys want to get paid more. They're going to have to do a lot of stuff to keep the band together. They'll always have Josh Allen. I'm not saying that. And you could argue that as long as they have Josh Allen, they have a shot at a Super Bowl. That's probably true. But um, this year, they've got quarterback Josh Allen. They've got Stephon Diggs at receiver. The player to watch, in my opinion, is their rookie tight end first-round pick, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. This dude was an absolute monster at Utah in college. Like, making unbelievable catches, dominating people, great hands, Great after the, I think he's potentially like a George Kittle type receiver uh, at tight end. And I think by the end of the year, right now he's listed as number two behind Dawson Knox on the depth chart. I think by the end of the year, he could become the number two target from Josh Allen right after Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. Defensive end Von Miller is out to start the year. He's a pass rusher. He gets after the quarterback. He's recovering from a torn ACL. Um, I don't think it matters he's not going to play early because really what you need Von Miller for is the playoff run at the end of the year. If Von Miller doesn't play any football until the playoffs start, totally fine with that. Now, I think he will play and play pretty good, um, but I, I just don't think his impact on this football team is that important until you get to the playoffs when it's like, hey, Von, we need you. You got to get after the quarterback. Another guy to pay attention to is young at defensive end Greg Rousseau. He was a first-round pick in 2021. Uh, he's going into year three. It's time to step up. Greg Rousseau, come on, man. Well, like we're waiting. You got to deliver. You got to step up and become a big playmaker, get after opposing quarterbacks. Um, they've invested a lot in this defensive line in Buffalo. And frankly, other than Von Miller, we've kind of been waiting and waiting. There's a reason why they brought in Leonard Floyd this offseason. Now, one thing I'm really curious about, I really like – Bills left tackle Deion Dawkins. He's probably the best lineman in this group pretty easily. But as a whole, the Bills offensive line is not outstanding. They're kind of middle of the pack. They're fine. They're not horrible, but they're also not amazing. And I'm really curious how the Bills offensive line will match up against the Jets defensive line. The Jets have a really good defense. They think they're one of the best defenses in football. Jets against Buffalo. They play each other week one. But just as the year goes on, I, I'm really fascinated to see how those two teams match up against each other because there's a lot of talent on both sides. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting, man. Like, the AFC East is going to be four really good football teams, all just a couple wins apart from each other. And these predictions here, I want to be very clear about the AFC East. They're, they're so close that only a couple little factors could change everything about these predictions where, like, I have the Jets. What, what have the Jets at? I'm not going to get there yet. The Jets are, I believe, 10 and 7 in these predictions. It's, let's look. Jets are, yeah, I have Buffalo at 10 and 7. 10 and 7, 
12 and five. I mean, that's not that far apart. And only a couple little things being the difference. Like, I feel like all four of the teams in the AFC East have a shot to win the division. It's going to be really interesting. But I have Buffalo going 12 and five and first in the AFC East. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, will win the AFC South easily. They're the best team there. Um, I think that their number one receiver, Calvin Ridley, is going to absolutely explode this year. Calvin Ridley is coming back from a suspension last year. Now, they're going to win the division. They're going to make the playoffs. I have no concerns about that. I do have the Jaguars going 8-9. and nine. That's a losing record, technically. Um, part of that, I think, is because they're going to rest their starters in the final game of the year, go 9-8 and eight rather than, or go 8-9 and nine rather than 9-8. and eight. Again, I think they walk away with the division so easily, they can kind of coast at the end. Um, I tried to find more wins. I was like, eight and nine is not what I want from the Jaguars. Like, I want them to keep growing as a football team in the playoffs last year. They won a playoff game last year. They made it in last year. And so they just got tough games, man. Their schedule, Buffalo, the Saints, Pittsburgh, 49ers, Browns, Ravens, Atlanta. I have them at eight and nine. They could go 10 and seven very easily. Um you might get mad at me, Jaguars fans, about not giving your team enough victories, and that's fine with me. I don't really care what you think as long as you watch the show. Um, but like, let's be open here: eight and nine could very easily be ten and seven. It's like it's you know it's ah. My predictions have them at eight and nine. I tried to find more wins, I couldn't. I respect the process I go through. Um, one thing I want to see: part of why the Jaguars are eight and nine and not a better football team this year is that I still think they are a player or two away from making a deep playoff run. Now, one guy that could become exactly what they need is Trevon Walker, last year's number one overall pick. Can he become a force off the edge getting after opposing quarterbacks? We'll find out. They spent the first round pick, the number one pick last year on him for a reason. He had kind of an underwhelming rookie year, got overshadowed by Aiden Hutchinson in Detroit, but he's really physically talented. And if he can become a difference maker, then Trevon Walker, which I'm I'm not betting on that actually. I don't I don't expect Trevon Walker to come out and be a dominating force. If he is, that could really change my prediction. Um, they added two big players. They added Calvin Ridley. I guess they didn't add Trevon Walker, but if Trevon Walker's way better, Calvin Ridley, Trevon Walker, those are two players that could make a massive impact and then lead to the Jaguars being what I want them to be. But what I want the Jaguars to be versus what I believe they are is slightly different, and I think they're still a player or two away. So. I have them at 8 and 9 and winning the AFC South very easily. I believe the Cincinnati Bengals will go 12 and 5. Very similar to Buffalo. I think Cincinnati is going to have to pay people soon. They're going to have a hard time keeping people together. They went to the AFC title game two years in a row. And it's just really, really difficult to stay at that level. I think... As much as I hate betting against Joe Burrow, 12-5 and five might be overconfident, actually, in Cincinnati. I think if anyone is going to step back this year, other than the Giants and Minnesota, a prime candidate is Cincinnati. Their division got way better around them, and I would say Cincinnati didn't get way better this offseason. This offseason for Cincinnati was more about keeping everyone there and keeping the group together rather than adding new pieces to a team trying to win a Super Bowl, and... You know, they're still going to score a lot of points, but the AFC North is absolutely loaded. They're the best division in football, in my opinion. I believe Baltimore or Cleveland will win the division, the AFC North. But I love Joe Burrow. I hope he's going to prove me wrong. I have them at 12-5, and five, which 
it feels to me like sitting on the fence because um, I, I'm not willing to take the risk and, and say I think Cincinnati's going to have a, a, a downgraded year and win 10 games or 9 games, but it does feel like a possibility to me, just given how much better everyone around them is and how good the AFC is and the fact they've been to the AFC title game two years in a row. That's just a hard level of success to keep going. But regardless, my prediction, 12-5, and five, but not. I do not have the Bengals winning their division the AFC North, that would surprise me. The Baltimore Ravens. I have the Ravens going 12-5 and five as well. Uh, they won 10 games last year. Lamar Jackson only played in 12. And so, given you're going to have Lamar back for a full year, ideally, I expect the Ravens to be way better. They've got a stud offensive line. They added weapons on offense. They added receiver Odell Beckham Jr. They drafted Zay Flowers, a receiver in the first round. On top of that, Rashad Bateman is a talented receiver they drafted in the first round in 2021. He played seven games last year in his rookie year. Two years ago, he played in 12 games. He hasn't played a full season of NFL football yet. And so to me, it's almost like the Ravens have not two new, not two new, I can't even talk, not two new receivers, but three, OBJ, Zay Flowers, and maybe Rashad Bateman fully healthy for an entire year. Three new receivers, a new offensive coordinator, Um, I believe personally that the Ravens offense is going to shock a lot of people this year, make people go, Oh, wow. And maybe even say, we're sorry. We slept on Lamar Jackson, new offensive coordinator, new receivers, great offensive line, a healthy Lamar Jackson. I have the Ravens going 12 and five finishing second in the division behind Cleveland, but man, that, that could very easily change. I think that either Cleveland or Baltimore will win the division. I think that if another team is more likely, it's actually Pittsburgh rather than Cincinnati. I feel strongly Cincinnati will not win their division this year. It's going to either be Baltimore, Cleveland, or Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is going to be third or fourth in the division. I think Baltimore is a very strong candidate to win the division in the AFC North. I have them at 12-5, and though, behind Cleveland. The Miami Dolphins, they are going to be a playoff team this year. I have them getting the final wild card spot over the Jets. Just barely. There's a big if here. If, if, if Dolphins quarterback to a tongue of Aloha can stay healthy. That's a massive concern. Injuries, in fact, in general, are the biggest concern for this football team. They already lost Jalen Ramsey, a star corner. And so much of the offense in Miami revolves around Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. At least it has in the past. They did add other weapons and bolster their receiving core a little bit. Um, but if Tyreek Hill gets hurt and misses four games, that's going to be a problem. If he's out for a month of the year, that's a big deal. Let alone if he gets hurt for a more long-term amount of time. So Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle got to stay healthy. Tua has got to stay healthy. He's going into year four. Tua... I think is going to play really well when he's healthy. I think he's going to kind of come out with a vengeance. Going into year four, he's had a lot of time. He's going into year two with Mike McDaniel. I think Tua could have his best year by far in the NFL, but they got to stay healthy. One thing I love about Miami, part of why I have them going 11-6 and and making a playoff game, is that they add a defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio is awesome. He's going to make a huge difference. I have Miami going 11-6. and six. I love what they're doing. Two is out for vengeance. And, uh, man, they got a lot of weapons in Miami. So that leads me to 
the Jets. I have the New York Jets going 10 and 7. I originally had them at 11 and 6. I took a win away because I'm nervous about the offensive line. I got cold feet. I went, ah, are the Jets really a playoff team this year? Um, you know, I had them beating the Chargers week 9. I changed that to a loss. That makes them 10 and 7 rather than 11 and 6. Bumps them out of a playoff spot in the AFC. Here's one thing that really concerns me about the Jets. They have a brutal start. They have the toughest start of any NFL schedule I've ever seen this year. Ever seen this year. I don't like how I said that. But my point is, of all the teams in the NFL this year, no one has a harder start to the year than the New York Jets. The first six games, they play Buffalo, Dallas, New England, Kansas City, Denver, and Philly. Five, uh, sorry, four of those teams are playoff teams. Two of them, uh, Denver and New England, have a shot at being really good. I think three and three would be a really, really great way for the Jets to start the year. Three and three would be like, okay, we survived, we got through it. It could be worse than that. Um, three and three feels really optimistic. That means you got to beat Buffalo, Kansas City, Dallas, or Philly in the first four games on top of beating Denver and New England, which is possible, but difficult. Um, it's year one with Aaron Rodgers. They are building towards a potential Super Bowl run, I think, next year and year two. I think that by the end of the year, the Jets, by the way, will be a different football team. They'll be much better week 18 than they will be week one. They're just going to get better and better as all the new guys gel together and build chemistry. And if the Jets can find a way to exceed my expectations and make a playoff game, they're a dangerous team. I mean, they, they have a lot of talent. They've got Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson, great players everywhere in New York. But I think it's tough because the AFC is loaded. They've got a brutal start. And unlike a lot of the other teams around them in the AFC, they got a lot of new guys that got to get on the same page very quickly and no opportunity to do that. There's no easy start to the year. From day one, they got to be firing on all cylinders. And I think that's just a lot to ask of the Jets. So I the Jets going 10 and 7. It's a good year. I wouldn't say it's disappointing if they miss the playoffs. It's realistic. And... Ultimately, the Jets are building towards a Super Bowl run, not this year, but next year. I got to ask one more time. Should I? I'm, I'm really thinking about it. How is... So I'm looking at the viewfinder on the camera. I'm looking at my monitor off to the right. I feel overexposed. However, I also know people regularly criticize the show for being too dark. So I don't know. I'm going to leave it. I hope it's fine. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm like, ah. I also don't know how much I trust. That little viewfinder on the camera is super cheap. I got a TV off to the right that's just sending me the same feed as a viewfinder. Every time I look at the screen, then I put it in my computer on the SD card and I look at the, 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 the computer version of the image. I'm like, okay, it looks way different than it, I did over here on the little TV to the right, the monitor. So I have no idea what to expect. But if the show looks horrible today... I apologize. I used, I, I held up the thing. I'm too lazy to reset everything. And also, I think there's a shot. It looks great. So I'm just going to leave it and trust that it's okay. But if it's not, I apologize. Let's talk about the New England Patriots. The Patriots, I believe, will go 9-8 and eight this year. They added offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. That's awesome. Originally, I had the Patriots at 10-7, and seven, uh, and which, by the way, that meant my predictions around one had all four... AFC East teams winning 10 games, which is totally absurd. 
And I think it's tough, man. The Patriots could be a really good football team that finishes fourth in their division and probably will. Um, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. I feel weird about that because I think there's a lot of good in New England. Bill O'Brien is here. Um, they've got a really good defense, but they're still building in New England. And to me, Mac Jones, the third-year quarterback in New England, has a lot to prove. I have no reason to bet on Mac Jones and say, Mac Jones is going to have a great year. He's going to be amazing. I'm hopeful of that. I hope him and Bill O'Brien are fantastic together, and I hope that things are great. But the Patriots I have going 9-8, and eight, um, I just, like I said, there's so many unknowns here, and Bill Belichick in recent years hasn't given me a reason to trust him or believe in him anymore. Not that he's not a great coach, not that he hasn't won a lot of Super Bowls in the past, but what has he done recently? He's been underwhelming. And so I don't trust the Patriots enough to put them at 11-6 and six or 12-5. and five. That would be three more wins than the 9-8 and eight record I predicted. That could happen. It's possible. But my expectations are tempered for the Patriots this year. One thing worth noting, though, if there are injuries in their division, the AFC East, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt or Josh Allen gets hurt or Tua gets hurt or something happens and one of the teams falters, that could be a great opportunity for the Patriots to take advantage and really lift themselves up. But um, the AFC is totally insane. You've got the AFC North, which has uh, three playoff teams, potentially four teams that could make the playoffs, just given how good they are. You also have the AFC East, and of the two best divisions in football, I think the AFC North is better. The AFC East is number two right behind them. Of the eight teams in the North and the East and the AFC, the Patriots are number eight. They're the bottom of the barrel. So I have them at nine and eight, um, and uh, I feel I feel good about that, but not great about that. I believe the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go nine and eight this year as well. They're the fourth best team in the best division in all of football. They're a victim of circumstance, to be totally honest. Because if the Steelers were in, gosh, so many other divisions, the NFC South, the AFC South, the maybe even the NFC West, like seriously, I I know that the 49ers and Seahawks are good. I'm a big believer in Pittsburgh. I think they're going to be a really good football team this year. It's just unfortunate the teams around them are also incredible. Like, it's just a, it's a really tough scenario for them. Kenny Pickett, the second-year quarterback in Pittsburgh, I think is going to be fantastic this year. Take a big step forward, look really good. Second-year receiver George Pickens is going to absolutely explode. And one thing worth noting that could uh, kind of destroy this prediction, pass rusher TJ Watt is the best player in Pittsburgh. He only played in 10 games last year. They were 8-2 and two with him last year and 1-6 without him. TJ Watt, part of why pass rushers get paid a ton of money, why we're seeing guys like Nick Bosa get a crap load of money in a gigantic contract is because guys who can get after opposing quarterbacks can just take over a football game. They can dominate and ruin drives and, you know, make it... They are the counter. The best thing you can do against a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert is to have a great pass rusher that can ruin their day. That's what TJ Watt is. And so I'm not married to the 9-8 and eight prediction for the Steelers. I, it's a very loose prediction for me. I'm rooting for this football team. 
I would like to be wrong. They've got a better offensive line than last year. The quarterback, Kenny Pickett's going to be better. George Pickens is a playmaker. TJ Watt's fully healthy. There are so many reasons to believe in Pittsburgh, but my, you know, my reasoning for Pittsburgh being nine and eight has nothing to do with Pittsburgh. It has everything to do with how great the AFC is and how great their division, the AFC North, is, how good everything around them is, which is going to pull, or I guess push, Pittsburgh down. Because, look, I, you know, the AFC North is a bloodbath this year. But one thing that would be really cool to see, my predictions have Pittsburgh as the fourth team in the AFC North, in the best division in football. It's, it's really brutal. If they cannot be fourth, if they can be third or second, that would be a massive victory, in my opinion, for Pittsburgh. And I'd love to see Pittsburgh finish ahead of Cincinnati. Like, if it's Cleveland and Baltimore at the top, if Pittsburgh could push Cincinnati down and make Cincinnati the fourth team after they've won the division, you know, and gone to the AFC title two years in a row, that would be really, really cool. And so, man, I am rooting for Pittsburgh. And my prediction, again, doesn't reflect them. It reflects the things around them. That is why I have the Steelers at 9 and 8. But a team I am openly rooting for. I love Kenny Pickett. I love his game. I watched a ton of film of him in the last couple weeks, and he is just an awesome player. I have the Denver Broncos going 9 and 8 this year. Originally, I had them at 12 and 5. And then I stopped drinking and got off the weed and was like, what am I doing? <laughs> no, i kidding about that. But my point is I backed way off. I just was like, uh, yeah, how much do I really believe in Russell Wilson working with Sean Payton? That, that's the, the question here. And I was really confident going into training camp. I watched training camp. I watched the preseason. I listened to things that were coming out of Broncos training camp. And I just don't know what to expect from Russell Wilson. I think it's a good football team, year one with the new head coach, Sean Payton. But Russell Wilson is the guy that I just can't quite figure out. And because of that, I took wins away from Denver. And I worry, I worry that Russell isn't going to work great with Sean Payton. And I don't know that it's going to be Sean Payton's fault. Russell's got a bit of an ego. He's worried about his image. I, I, I just can't get myself to bet on Denver being highly successful. I'm not ready for that because I'm just not ready to say, hey, Russell Wilson's going to get back to what he once was. So it's kind of in wait and see mode for Denver. They've got a lot of good players. Their matchup against the LA Chargers is really interesting because Denver should be better coached. But I have the Denver Broncos at nine and eight uh, this year. The LA Chargers, I just talked about them. I also have them at nine and eight. They were 10 and seven last year. And I believe the Chargers are going to take a step backward despite adding a new offensive coordinator, adding a new receiver in the first round, Quinton Johnson out of TCU, who I love. Here's the thing. I just don't believe in their head coach, Brandon Staley. Now, originally in predictions round one, I had the Chargers at 7 and 10. Then I realized, hey, I'm going a bit overboard. I am going too hard on this anti-Brandon Staley train. Brandon Staley isn't garbage. I didn't want to overcompensate, but I do believe Brandon Staley isn't good enough to put together a deep playoff run. And I, here are the two wins I added. I gave the Chargers a win over Denver and a win over the Jets. That gets them to 9-8 and eight rather than 7-10. and 10. I think they just barely missed the playoffs. I think, unfortunately, 
They're going to just miss the playoffs, and it's not going to be enough for the Chargers organization to fire their head coach, Brandon Staley. I got to say this over and over again. I wish they would have hired a premier head coach in the NFL. There were coaches out there. Sean Payton got hired by a division rival, and the Chargers made no move to go get him. They did hire Kellen Moore, a new offensive coordinator. Again, they drafted Quinton Johnson. But I'm just frustrated because I love Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is one of the most gifted quarterbacks we've ever seen in the NFL. Like, just quarterbacks I know are getting better, but Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, the three most talented quarterbacks alive on planet Earth. And what's happening with the coaching staff? Why is there not more support for Justin Herbert? So I'm rooting for Herbert. But I'm disappointed in the Chargers organization and ownership and the way they support Justin Herbert. So that is why I have the Chargers going 9-8 and eight this year and uh, disappointing. And if they miss the playoffs, here's the good news. If the Chargers don't make the playoffs this year, hey, they can't blow a 27-point lead like they did last year. So at least there's that. There won't be that misery during week one of the, round one of the playoffs. But, oh, the Chargers, man. Um... I think it's going to be a good football team that wildly underwhelms and underperforms. The Indianapolis Colts, I have them going 5-12. and 12. They are starting a rookie fourth overall pick at quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Uh, that's going to be a roller coaster by itself. Anthony Richardson is going to have extreme highs and low lows. Make incredible plays, make throws that make you go, I cannot believe that throw. That's one of the best throws I've seen in years. He's going to run for a ton of yards make a lot of big plays. He's also going to have extremely bad moments where you're like, that throw was wildly off target. That decision was horrible. It's going to be really great and really bad. So that's going to be a roller coaster on one hand, just Anthony Richardson playing quarterback, fun moments and bad moments. But also the other roller coaster going on in Indy is the running back situation with Jonathan Taylor. He's not playing to start the year. He got put on the pup list, which... Maybe that's an injury. Maybe that's just the Colts saying, hey, we're going to screw you over, make it so you can't play as many games and can't put up bigger numbers so that you can't leave and request more money. Um, there's a contract dispute. It's an ugly mess, the relationship with the team. But And Jonathan Taylor is horrible. I think the Colts have a spiteful owner, Jim Irsay, who will not do anything to ingratiate himself to Jonathan Taylor. It's a problem. On top of that, hey, Indy only has four receivers on their entire football team. Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, and Isaiah McKenzie. All pretty solid. Josh Downs is a rookie. Uh, I'm excited to see him. Isaiah McKenzie, they claimed, uh, I, I think, I don't know. I Last I checked, the Colts had three receivers on the roster. I'm not sure how Isaiah McKenzie got there. Let's be clear. My suspicion, without doing any research, but just knowing he's on the team now, is that they must have claimed him off of waivers out of Buffalo. I didn't hear of a trade between Buffalo and the Colts, but I like him. He made some big plays a couple times in the past uh, with Josh Allen of Buffalo. Uh, they've got four solid receivers, but only four, right? It's it's a very thin group on offense in Indy. Four receivers, their starting running back isn't playing. Um, I think of all the bad teams in the NFL, the Colts are one of the better ones. I have them at five and 12. They're going to beat up on teams like, I, I have them beating Houston twice, I have them beating Tennessee, the Rams, the Raiders, Week 17. You know, by Week 17, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be hurt, and Anthony Richardson will be better. Those are the five wins I've given the Colts. Um, Houston twice, Tennessee, Rams, Raiders. 
But of all the bad teams in the NFL, I think the Colts are one of the best. They've got a lot of good players, but because of Richardson, because of the running back situation, because of the uncertainties on offense, that is why I have the Colts going 5-12. and 12. But uh, the X factor is Richardson, man. If Richardson is just way better than I expect and has fewer lows than I believe uh, are coming, that could be a couple more wins, but not significantly more wins as they learn a lot and grow with a young team and a young quarterback in Indy. I have the Raiders going four and twelve. The Las Vegas Raiders four, four and twelve. That's that's an old that's an old prediction. That's like a couple years ago when we only played uh, sixteen games. I have the Raiders going four and thirteen. Let's be clear, four and thirteen. Why? Why would I be so mean to the Raiders? I don't believe in their coach Josh McDaniels, and I do not believe in their quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. It is very very simple. Josh McDaniels is 17 and 28 as a head coach in the NFL. He was horrible when he was hired in Denver. He appeared to ruin Derek Carr last year. And Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback in Vegas, has only ever played. By the way, Jimmy G is going into year 10 in the NFL. This is his 10th season. He's played for nine years in the NFL. He's only ever played a full season one time. One time in nine years Jimmy Garoppolo finished an entire year in 2019 they went to the Super Bowl they lost to Kansas City so I'm not sure that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stay healthy I'm not sure he's very good anyway I don't think their coach is very good Chandler Jones is frustrated with the team there's something there there's probably some dysfunction going on in Vegas and I have no confidence in the Raiders that is why I have them at four and 13 that's the prediction there's a lot of problems on this roster I have problems with the leadership running the football team. My favorite player on the Raiders roster is Max Crosby. He's a Raider through and through. Love that guy. Silver and black fits him so well. The tattoos, the personality, the way he plays. I love Max Crosby. Easy dude to root for. I hope he has a great year. Um, But I think the Raiders in general are going to go 4-13 and and have an ugly bad year. The Tennessee Titans, I have them going 3-14. and I apologize. Right? I... Hope I am wrong about the Titans. Four uh, and 13 is not even my prediction. Three and 14. Three and 14 for the Titans. Three wins, 14 losses. And uh, I'd love to be wrong. I really, really admire Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. He always in the past has gotten the best from his team. Even when the talent isn't there, he finds a way to maximize what he has. And so I'm, I'm rooting for him. I like him. But the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, is mediocre. Running back, Derrick Henry, is aging. I think the offensive line is a mess. Could be potentially the worst offensive line in the NFL. They added a veteran receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, and he can play. But he also is more of a technical player now than an explosive player. And so if you're expecting him to just be a prayer and rescue Ryan Tannehill from bad throws and bad decisions, I don't think he's going to do that. Um... Look, if I'm right, if the Titans do go 3-14 and 14 and have a horrible year, it's going to be time to rebuild in Tennessee. So I, I'm concerned. I would love to be wrong. I tried to find more wins. I frankly couldn't. I don't have a lot of confidence in this football team. But it's weird because I am confident in their head coach, Mike Vrabel. And if they win uh, this year, it's because of him, and he should get coach of the year. And if they lose, I would say it's not his fault. It's just the team he has isn't very good. And... One thing worth mentioning, my favorite player in Tennessee. If I'm going to say your team is horrible, 3-14, and 14, 
I want to mention, I love their safety, Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard is a stud. He's, I mean, look, I think in coverage, Kevin Byard might be my favorite safety in the NFL. A guy I would desperately not want to play against. He's a smart player. He can bait quarterbacks into bad decisions. And in a division where you're playing Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, um, Trevor Lawrence, a lot of young quarterbacks. He's a veteran playing against young quarterbacks all year long. Kevin Byard could have a lot of success, but unfortunately, I don't think the Titans team as a whole is going to have a lot of success. And so that is why I have them going 3-14. and 14. Houston. Uh, I have the Houston Texans. I have the Houston Texans going 2-15. and 15. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Colts have playmakers. They've got Anthony Richardson, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, the Raiders have Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. The Titans have DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry. Houston has a rookie quarterback who's not very mobile, C.J. Stroud. And they do not, in my opinion, have a true playmaker, a difference maker, a guy to make big plays when it matters most. I think it's going to be an ugly year for Houston. They're going to fight hard. But that's just the thing you say when a team is trying to win and failing. Rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, I think, is going to have some nice throws and I think make Titans fans, or I can't Titan, Texans fans, I think C.J. Stroud is going to make Texans fans feel good. He might also make Titans fans feel good by throwing interceptions occasionally to Kevin Byard, but still, I think C.J. Stroud is going to be fun to watch, if not disappointing because I think the help around him isn't very good, but he's going to make a couple of good throws and make you go, oh yeah, we're glad we drafted him, but we better support the young guy. Uh, The two wins I gave Houston are over Arizona and Tennessee. Um, Look, Will Anderson, the rookie defensive end, is going to be fun to watch this year. I'm excited to watch Will, but like, I think an interesting matchup is Indy. You know, Houston has a rookie quarterback and a first-year coach. So does Indy. But Houston doesn't have very much talent. The Colts have a lot of talent in comparison to Houston. So that is why Houston, in my opinion, will go 2-15. and 15. Their only wins will be over Arizona and Tennessee. And unfortunately, they don't even have a first-round pick to show for this bad season they're about to have because they traded it away to get Will Anderson. So um, they already used last year's... They, they used their next first-round pick to draft Will Anderson. So let's... Hope and pray C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson are the shining stars amongst a bad year for Houston. Let's now shift to the NFC. Now, if you're paying attention, I skipped Kansas City. We're going to save Kansas City and Detroit for the end because they played today. And I don't want to start off by talking about teams and being immediately wrong and have people turn off the show. Now, let's talk about Philly. I have the Philadelphia Eagles going 12-5 and this year. Last year, they were 13-4. and I have them losing one more game than last year, but still being the best team in the NFC. Uh, Philly's absolutely loaded. And one thing I love that they did, they lost a running back, they brought in another one. They lost a defensive tackle, they brought in another one. They found replacements for players they lost. Everything they lost, they found a good starter to replace that guy, if not better or younger or cheaper. And so I think Philly is by far the best team in the NFC. They are a team that's got a 
potential to go to another Super Bowl, actually. I have a lot of confidence in them. One thing that could slow them down early is they had to bring in two new coordinators because defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon went to be the head coach in Arizona. Shane Sykin, the former offensive coordinator, went to be the coach of Indy. Um, so regardless, I still think if, even if they're slow immediately, which I think they're going to beat the Patriots week one, they've got a better coach and a better quarterback than Dallas. They're going to win their division for the second year in a row, which would be the first time anyone's done that since 2004. I've got a lot of confidence in Philly. 12-5 and five to me is a compliment, not a... I don't. What I don't want to hear from Philly, why do you have us losing one more game than last year? Because last year and this year are not the same. It's okay. But you're going to be a great football team with a shot at a Super Bowl. Here's the controversial one. Here's the one that um, I know a lot of people that listen to the show are 49ers fans, right? People like the 49ers. They listen to the show. They're not going to like this one. And... I, in the past, have been very critical of this football team, so much so that people think I hate them or something, but I, like, I, I just call, like, I see it, I try to be fair. I believe the Seattle Seahawks are going to go 11-6 and six this year. 11 wins and not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six losses. I think Geno Smith, their quarterback, is going to repeat what he did last year and be slightly better. Because they added rookie receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State in the first round of the draft. They've got three stud receivers, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and JSN. Um, the offensive line is going to be improved. Their rookie tackles from last year are now no longer rookies. They're going into year two. They're going to be better. O-line's going to be better. Got another stud receiver. Honestly, the way this football team is built reminds me of Cincinnati. They've got a ton of great receivers. They've got an okay offensive line that's going to be helped by good matchups outside and getting rid of the ball quickly. I actually think that the Seahawks are going to steal the division from the 49ers. And, I mean, the NFC West is going to be very close. That battle between the 49ers and Seattle is going to be really interesting. I think Seattle gets it this year. They've got a better quarterback. They've got a lot of talented players on defense. I mean, the young guys in Seattle are incredibly exciting. That is why I have Seattle going 11-6, and six, winning the NFC West. I believe the New Orleans Saints will go 11-6. and six. The NFC South is their division to lose. I think that the Saints should be the favorite here. They're the best team in that division. They added a quarterback, Derek Carr. Look around the division. Atlanta's got a new quarterback, young guy. Carolina's got, Carolina's got a new quarterback, young guy. Tampa's got a new quarterback, unproven Baker Mayfield. Derek Carr, it's actually crazy. Every team in the division has a new starting quarterback. Derek Carr is the best. On top of that, Derek Carr has more talent around him than all the other teams in the NFC South. Good offensive line, good defense, top five defense last year. Chris Olave at receiver. Michael Thomas, who is unproven but was good in the past when he was healthy. I would be absolutely shocked if the Saints didn't win the division this year. Derek Carr right now, best quarterback in that division. He may not be in two to three years. Bryce Young is going to grow. We'll see what um, Desmond Ritter can do. We'll see what happens to Baker Mayfield. But right now, today, the Saints have the best team and the best quarterback in that division. And uh, they're good up front. That is why I have the Saints going 11-6. and six. I believe New Orleans wins that division. A weird one. The NFC South. I believe the Dallas Cowboys will be the number one wild card team 
in the NFC. They will go 12 and five. They have a terrifying defense. The Cowboys have a great front seven, a really, really good pass rush. They can make opposing quarterbacks miserable just by hitting them, getting in their face, making them uncomfortable. And when you do that, guess what? The Cowboys have two corners who will make you pay if a throw is off target or a little bit late. Trevon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore are there to make you pay. Two really good corners paired with a great pass rush. I Look, I, I'm a huge believer in the Cowboys' defense. They're going to have turnovers. They're going to make people throw interceptions. They're going to get sacks. They're going to make people uncomfortable. I love the Cowboys' defense this year. And they've got three interesting receivers. C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, Tony Pollard at running back. A aging but still solid offensive line. The problem in Dallas is this. Coaching quarterback. I think the Cowboys are going to be a good team. They're going to win a lot of games this year. But ultimately, Dallas will not reach its potential. Dallas will fall short of what they have potential to become because of their coach, Mike McCarthy, and their quarterback, Dak Prescott. That is why I have the Cowboys going 12-5, and not winning their division, and definitely not reaching a Super Bowl. I don't believe in Dak. I don't believe in Mike McCarthy. You can fail your way to winning. I think they're not horrible, but they're both mediocre, coach and quarterback. And despite the great team they've built in Dallas, I respect them. They've got a really, really good football team. But when it comes down to it, in big moments at the end of the year, having a mediocre coach and a mediocre quarterback is going to be a big problem. And uh, I know that people aren't going to like that, but I'm off the Dak train, man. Not a believer. He's, eh, he's very underwhelming. And I think overpaid. Dak Prescott bothers me. Mike McCarthy bothers me. Those are the two biggest problems in Dallas on top of, I guess, that their owner, Jerry Jones, put them there in those positions. And so when, not if, but when Dallas underachieves this year, it will be because of their coach and because of their quarterback. And ultimately, I guess, because of their coach, because if they hired Sean Payton, maybe Sean Payton could get more out of Dak Prescott. I don't know that it's entirely Dak Prescott's fault. It really should fall to the leadership, Jerry Jones, and the guy who hired Mike McCarthy, the head coach in Dallas, who is not awful, but also not great. He's Brian Kelly. He's Kirk Cousins of coaches. He's Brian Kelly, the NFL. He is Kirk Cousins of coaches in the NFL. I mean, he's just, he's mediocre, Mike McCarthy. And he'll do a good job. They'll win a lot because of the talent they have. But when push comes to shove, I think he's really getting down to the important moments. I don't think Mike McCarthy is good enough, and it's going to cost Dallas big time. I believe the 49ers will go 10-7. and seven. They will be a playoff team. They're going to win a lot of games. I cannot wait. Dallas at the 49ers week five. Two great pass rushes. Two really talented football teams. Dallas... Dallas at 49ers. Dak Prescott against Brock Purdy. You know, that's going to be huge. If Brock Purdy can outshine Dak Prescott in that moment, a moment where I think there's less pressure on on Brock Purdy in that game than Dak Prescott. Like, Dak Prescott cannot get outshined by Brock Purdy. Um, Brock Purdy isn't a crazy good playmaker. He's a distributor. He's a little better version of Jimmy Garoppolo. They've got a lot of talented receivers around them. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. His job is to be even-keeled and distribute the ball where it needs to go. 
But how good is Brock Purdy? How far can that go? I watched Geno Smith last year make incredible throws and do incredible stuff, and he got a better receiver this year. Another one. I think Seattle's got a better quarterback than the 49ers who can make more plays and make more insane throws. Um, I know that's weird to say about Geno. Brock Purdy's fine. But I'm not sold on Brock Purdy. And I know that's going to make a lot of 49ers people really angry. But I want to see more still. And I think there's a chance still that in 2024, Kirk Cousins could be the quarterback in San Francisco, if I'm totally honest. I'm just not sure how good Brock Purdy is going to be. I'm not sold. Uh, I want to see him play in the fourth quarter of a huge game. I think that Dallas game is going to be a benchmark moment for Brock Purdy. Well, we will learn a lot. And I will update you. If after week five, Brock Purdy is lights out and plays really good against Dallas and outshines Dak Prescott, that's going to be a huge thing I talk about and go, wow, look at Brock Purdy. My phone's going off. Hey, man, uh, I'm recording. Can I talk to you later? Yeah, bye. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend called me. My phone is on Do Not Disturb, but she's the only person who has the override. I, I allowed her because I, I should put my phone in airplane mode and I record. I forgot to do that today. Um, if, what's the word here? If Brock Purdy plays fantastic against Dallas, that's going to be uh, a moment that I talk about and linger on and go, hey, wow, Brock Purdy's really good, but I'm waiting to see it. The reason why the 49ers, I have them going 10-7 and seven and finishing behind Seattle in that division. A battle that, even with Brock Purdy being a average quarterback, slightly better than Jimmy Garoppolo, even that, it's still going to be a bloodbath between Seattle and the 49ers. Either one of them could win. I pick Seattle to come out on top, but it's still going to be incredibly close. But the question mark is Brock Purdy. And that, that Dallas game is going to be a game where he's got to prove it to me. And if he does... We will circle back to this conversation and go, hey, Brock Purdy, playing really good. Let's maybe raise the expectations in San Francisco. But right now, I'm uncertain. And I do think the 49ers have a great defensive line. They've got a lot of good playmakers. The quarterback is the one thing I go, you know, I think Seattle's quarterback is better. Um, I think that Seattle is kind of, I mean, they haven't won the division in, uh, the 49ers have been dominant for a long time. And... This could be the year if this year isn't great and next year Kirk Cousins is the quarterback in San Francisco. I think it would actually lead to the 49ers going back to the top in the NFC West. But this might be a down year for the 49ers, depending on Brock Purdy. So that's why the 49ers at 10 and 7 and second in the NFC West, but still a playoff team, still a playoff team, still going to have a shot at making a run, but behind Seattle. I believe the Atlanta Falcons will go 10-7 and seven this year. They will grab the final playoff spot in the NFC. Um, I believe Desmond Ritter, the new quarterback, is going to be totally fine. He's going to do enough to win. Not be amazing, not be a crazy big playmaker, but they're not going to ask him to be that. They're not going to ask him to do anything insane. They're going to ask him to run the offense and have a lot of handoffs and throw flat routes and checkdowns, totally honestly. Um, Atlanta's in a weaker division, the NFC South. They added a lot of talent this offseason. They're good up front on offense and defense. And I can't wait to watch Atlanta's new running back, rookie running back, B. John Robinson. He can run. He can catch passes. He's going to be a massive playmaker. And they're going to build their entire offense around him. 
And if you look at their schedule, Atlanta's got a lot of winnable games. I think Atlanta is a playoff team. 10-7, and seven, really good. I mean, the thing that convinced me was they're going to run the ball well, and they're going to be good on offense and defense up front. Linemen matter. And you look around the NFL, not a lot of teams that are in the playoffs have bad linemen or, or bad up front. I just think that what they're going to do is pound the rock, play good defense, be conservative with their quarterback, and win a lot of games. 10-7, and seven, uh, I think, is a reasonable and realistic expectation for the Atlanta Falcons. The Green Bay Packers are a team that I have winning nine games this year. Nine and eight. The Packers are the second youngest team in the NFL. They are young but talented. They've got a really good defense. They've got a great corner that's incredible. They've got their, their top three receivers are very young, though. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed. All of them are either rookies or in their second year. Um, and Jordan Love is a new starting quarterback in Green Bay. I think he's going to work. I think he's their franchise quarterback. He's going to be fantastic. Uh, it might be slow at first. Be patient with him. But he's really talented, and he's had a lot of time to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and adjust to the NFL and learn and grow. It's going to be a young team who's going to be building and growing together this year, which is actually very fun and exciting. I think they're going to just miss the playoffs. I think they're going to be the number eight seed. The Packers will be one win out of the playoff um, appearance. They're going to be the number eight seed in the NFC. The eight losses I've given the Packers are New Orleans, Detroit, Denver, the Chargers, the Giants, the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Vikings. One more time. New Orleans, Detroit, Denver, the Chargers, the Giants, the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Vikings. That felt like nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, it's eight. New Orleans, Detroit, Chargers, Broncos, Giants, Raiders, Chiefs, Vikings. It just felt like a lot saying it all that quick. Um... Those are good football teams. The The game I feel weird about was ha- having the Raiders beat the Packers. Um, you know, I, I, I just think weird things happen occasionally. Sometimes you lose a game to a team that you shouldn't. Uh, that could be the youth of Jordan Love showing. I think the Raiders are not a great team. I think the Packers are a pretty solid team. But I think they could slip up and lose to the Raiders this year. Uh, it's going to be a, a costly loss. They'll keep them out of the playoffs, to be totally honest. But I have them beating... Atlanta, they're going to have a big win over Pittsburgh, Carolina. They're going to one and one against Minnesota, one and one against Detroit, two good football teams, especially Detroit. That's an impressive victory if you can beat Detroit. It's going to be an exciting year for the Packers, uh, not what they've done in recent years, which is make the playoffs and maximize on their potential. They're young. They're growing. Jordan Love is going to have some bad moments, but I think ultimately make people feel really good. I think at the end of the year, when week 18 rolls around, Packers fans are going to feel like, we got the right guy. Jordan Love is growing. He's making some really good throws. He might have had a slower start, but man, this dude can play. He's going to be our franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, and um, we feel really good about Jordan Love. I think that will be the overwhelming feeling in Green Bay at the end of the year. And if they miss the playoffs and win nine games, but they learn that their quarterback, Jordan Love, is the guy for their future, and if Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed all grow and get better, that's a successful year. And so the fun of watching Green Bay this year is watching the young guys get better. That's what they will do. That is why the Packers, I have them going 9-8 and eight and narrowly missing the playoffs. Okay. Whew. 
We gotta take a minute. You know, I I, uh, I got thrown off by the phone call, I think, a little bit. Let me drink some water. We'll talk about Minnesota in a moment. We do all this in one take. You know, it's one take, an hour-long show. How long have we been going for? An hour already. Uh, longer than I wanted. So we have a couple more teams left. Let's just pound through them as quickly as we can. Hour and a half long show. Uh, try to get it out before, please God, before the Lions start playing the Chiefs today. Um, depending on upload speed, depending on a lot of factors. Let's do the best we can. The Minnesota Vikings, I believe, will go 9-8 and eight this year. It will be a step backward from last year. Last year was magical for Minnesota. They went 13-4. and four. They had some crazy wins over Buffalo and Indy and... During the regular season last year, Minnesota was 11-0 in one-score games. That's not going to happen again this year. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to have the biggest comeback in NFL history. You're not going to complete a 4th and 18 to beat Buffalo. You're not going to have the crazy moments that led to Minnesota making the playoffs and doing the crazy things they did last year. They let running back Dalvin Cook leave. They they cut him. Uh, Kirk Cousins does not have a contract after this year, that's weird. I think 9-8 and is going to be a respectable year, but a step backward from last year and a year of transition for Minnesota where they make some changes after this season, and uh, it's going to be an interesting one because I think they've got a good core of young players there. They just gave TJ Hawkinson, their tight end, a massive contract, but who's going to be their quarterback in 2024? I have no idea. I don't know why Kirk Cousins doesn't have a contract there. It's kind of interesting and kind of weird. What's the plan there? Letting Dalvin Cook go was an interesting move that if you were all in on trying to win and believed you could win a Super Bowl this year, you wouldn't have done that. That's why the Jets brought him in. They were kind of cutting their losses and getting their salary cap in a different spot. I think the Vikings know what they are too. They're a 9-8 and football team that's not going to have the same success they had last year. I believe the New York Giants will go 8-9 and this year. Um, last year they won a playoff game. And I think it's weird to say, but it's true. I think they're a better team than last year that's going to win fewer games than they did last year. They're a better team. They added tight end Darren Waller. It's Daniel Jones in year two with Brian Dable. They drafted a speedy receiver, Jalen Hyatt, uh, out of Tennessee. Their left tackle, Andrew Thomas, is a stud. We're going to see pass rusher Kayvon Thibodeau go into year two. The Giants are a better football team than they were last year. Let's just say that out loud. They're going to be better. However, their schedule is much more difficult. And both things can be true, that they can be a better team than last year and win fewer games. There's only so many wins to go around. I really like the Giants. I like where they're headed. I think it's a year of building. I think they got the right coach. They got the right quarterback. They've got a good core of young players. They're building towards something. But it's going to be a building year, not a playoff year and not a Super Bowl year for the Giants. Uh, Super Bowl's a crazy expectation if you're a Giants fan. Be realistic, guys. Come on. Eight and nine is fair. Maybe that's nine and eight. I mean, I, you're you're gonna if you're gonna squeeze me and pinch pennies here. We, we, I guess we can. You know, nine and eight, eight and nine. It's gonna be a very. Um, it's gonna be a fine year for the Giants. They're gonna win fewer games than they did last year. They're not gonna make the playoffs. Even though, again, I think the Giants are a better football team than they were last year. But they're still building, and. Maybe next year is a year we'll go, whoa, hey, the Giants, Philly's going to get knocked down a peg. The Cowboys fell back to reality. Maybe next year is the Giants' turn to take a shot and uh, win the division, the NFC East, but not this year. 
I have the Carolina Panthers going eight and nine this year. I think it's going to be a very slow start for Carolina. I don't remember exactly what I have it somewhere. I'm not going to do the work of finding it. Uh, they don't have a lot of wins early. Rookie quarterback Bryce Young uh, is going to be their starting quarterback. They've got a new head coach, Frank Reich. They've got a lot of talented players. Eight and nine would be a really good year one for the group in Carolina. Uh, the division's wide open. Anything could happen. A lot of people think that Carolina is going to be a really good football team, and that's possible, right? It's a prediction. And they supported their rookie quarterback really well. They brought in running back Miles Sanders. They've got receivers Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. Those are big question marks, though. Adam Thielen's old. DJ Chark is often un, uh, unhealthy, injured. I feel good about this team, but 8-9 and nine is all I'm willing to commit to right now for Carolina. There's too many things I'm uncertain of. Too many unproven pieces, and uh, I think early on they could struggle with a rookie quarterback and a first-year head coach. Sorry, with a new head coach. Not first-year. Frank Reich's coach before, but coaching in Carolina for the first time. And it, there could be an adjustment period. So I think Carolina starts slow, gets better as the year goes on, finishes 8-9, and nine, just behind Atlanta and New Orleans in that division, the NFC South. I believe the Washington Commanders will go 7-10 and 10 this year. I am rooting really hard for their offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy and their quarterback, Sam Howell. They both have a lot to prove. That is why, on top of the fact they play in a really tough division, which is unlucky, um, you know, they play Dallas twice, they play the Giants twice, a good football team, they play Philly twice, a good football team. And another thing that's really unlucky for Washington, they don't have a bye until week 14. So no rest until week 14. That's brutal. Uh, here are the seven wins I gave Washington. I have them beating Arizona, Chicago, Atlanta. That's a really fun game. Washington beating Atlanta would be interesting. They've got two young quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell. Uh, I have them beating the Giants once. They beat the Rams. They beat the Jets. That's the, probably the highlight of their year. They win that game to me because of their defensive line. And I have in the final game of the year, Washington beating Dallas uh, as Dallas rests their starters and prepares for the playoffs. Um, I tried to find more than seven wins, and seven wins felt generous given that we don't know if the Cowboys are going to rest their starters week 18. Um, it's a brutal schedule for Washington, if I'm totally honest. Uh, they played nine teams that I predict are going to make the playoffs this year. That's an insane level of really good football teams Washington plays this year. Um, I have them going two and seven against those teams. That's a brutal, brutal schedule. I'm rooting hard for Washington. I like Sam Howell, but seven and 10 is a realistic expectation for me. And uh, that's my prediction. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tampa Bay, one I'm less certain of, right? I'm, I'm pretty certain Washington 7-10 and 10 is a realistic expectation. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I had them officially going 6-11. and 11. You can hold me to it later, but if I'm totally honest, I just have no idea what to expect from Tampa. 
They've got a new quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who's been, I mean, he's had a roller coaster career. I don't know what to make of Baker. They've got good receivers. They've got a lot of good players. They've got questions on their offensive line, uh, but they are in a weaker division. Tampa feels like anything could happen, right? I, I just don't know what to make of it. Baker Mayfield could be outstanding. He could be a disaster. I, I don't know what to expect. And so the reason why I have Tampa at 6-11 and 11 is because they have to prove it. They could be fourth in their division. They could win the division, but they have to earn my respect. They have to earn my trust. Tampa's very boom or bust. Right now, I don't trust them. I don't believe in them. But that could quickly change as the year goes on, and they play at a high level. Um, but... Right now, there's no reason to gamble and bet on uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers until they prove it. The Chicago Bears. I have the Bears going 6-11. and 11. They made some changes. They added receiver DJ Moore. They've got a new rookie right tackle, Darnell Wright. Watching the preseason actually concerned me, though. Bears quarterback Justin Fields, ball location down the sidelines was not good. I am hoping to see Justin Fields take a step forward as a passer this year. But when given opportunities to show me that in the preseason, he didn't. His best games came when he was throwing screen passes and stuff underneath. Can he win downfield? I I didn't see it in the preseason, which was concerning. Doesn't mean he couldn't, but he had opportunities down the sideline in the preseason and didn't put the ball where it needed to be. The Bears earned the number one pick last year. They were 3-14. and 14. They didn't pick with the number one pick because they traded down. But they were so bad, they were the number one pick in the draft last year. I think the Bears are going to be fun and exciting. They've got uh, a quarterback, Justin Fields, who's going to make big plays. Crazy runs and do fun stuff occasionally. But I don't believe they're going to win a lot. I think the joy of being a Bears fan this year is you get to enjoy the really fun highlight moments and hopefully come to expect the bad ones that are going to happen this year. Uh, I have the Bears at 6-11. and 11. That would be a win total double what they won last year. I think that's fair. Um, I think Justin Fields has a lot to prove. They've got some slightly better players around him, but I'm still not sold on Chicago. 6-11 and 11 is a realistic improvement. Again, that would be double the amount of wins they had last year in Chicago. I have the Rams going 2-15 and 15 this year. Um, man, I you know, I, I want this to be wrong. I love their head coach, Sean McVay. Uh, if they win more than two games, it's because he's a phenomenal head coach. 2-15 and 15 could be 4-13, and 13, but we're splitting hairs at that point. They've got a lot of young players in L.A. with the Rams. They've got a lot of new guys. Their three best players, Matthew Stafford at quarterback, Cooper Cup at receiver. Cooper Cup, by the way, still struggling with a hamstring injury. And then defensive tackle Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is 32. And if the year is going poorly, could get traded at the trade deadline. Cooper Cup is 30. And a receiver. And his legs are hurt. Matthew Stafford is 35. I want to believe in this football team. I don't hate anyone there. But a lot of young guys that have never played together, a lot of young guys that have never played at all, their three best players are aging. To me, the point is the same. Whether they go 4-13 and 13 or 2-15 and 15 like I'm predicting, the Rams are literally still paying for their Super Bowl victory. They've got $72.2 million in dead salary cap this year. 
I just don't see a lot of winning happening in LA with the Rams this year. Two and 15 is my official prediction. Uh, look, if they win five games, I'm still going to feel like I was right. It's not going to be a winning great year for the Rams. I don't see that happening at all. The way I will be wrong here is if they win six or more games and are um, beating good football teams, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to lose to actually some bad football teams this year in LA with the Rams. One thing, let's mention this first. I talked about how the Colts are the best of the bad teams in the NFL. A successful year for the Rams would be exactly that. If the Rams can be the best of the bad teams in the NFL, can grow, they're well-coached, their young guys get better. If they can finish with six wins this year, that would be a big victory in LA and set them up to next year, shed the salary cap dead, dead weight and make some moves in free agency and make some moves and try to get better. Six wins would be a monumental success for the LA Rams. I don't think it's going to happen, but like the goal, if I'm at the Rams is to be the best of the bad teams. I'm not sure they are, but that would be a great year for the Rams. If they can achieve that six wins would be like winning a Super Bowl again. In LA for the Rams. Not emotionally, but success wise, it would be a really cool thing to pull off. All right, Cardinals fans, let's let's fight. <laughs> I don't want to, man. I don't want to fight you. Um, Cardinals fans are fighting me hard, pushing for their team to win four or five games this year. My prediction is the Cardinals are gonna go one in sixteen. Either way, whether you think it's five wins or one. They're not going to be a good football team. I think the Cardinals are going to go 1-16. I am not sold on their head coach, Jonathan Gannon. I don't think they're a very good football team. Um, I got called lazy in my prediction. I think we just disagree. I, I just don't. I look at your football team. I don't see a lot of wins. I don't see what you guys see that you see. Hey, we're going to win four games this year. Great. I We don't agree. That's fine. Um I love their quarterback, Josh Dobbs, as a person. is going to be their week one starter. But Josh Dobbs isn't exactly like a great quarterback in the NFL. If he's their starter all year, that's rough. That's a rough, rough quarterback to be your starter all year. Arizona's rebuilding. We don't know when Kyler Murray is going to play, if at all. I have Arizona going 1-16, regardless of whether you agree or not. We can all agree it's going to be an ugly year in Arizona. Maybe a year where they're recovering from Cliff Kingsbury and hopefully Jonathan Gannon, hopefully, can make them better run and make look respectable and buttoned up. I have compared Jonathan Gannon to Michael Scott. I've made fun of him openly. He's cringy, man. Um, but also, Michael Scott, if you watch The Office, wasn't a horrible boss. He wasn't a... Uh, an easy boss to get along with socially, but he had some good wisdom. I worry that the goofiness of Jonathan Gannon is going to keep people from listening to him and not allow his wisdom to come through. I think it's going to be a very ugly year in Arizona with very few wins, but I have an open mind. I, you know, Cardinals fans, if you're mad at me, let's wait and see. And if, if I'm wrong, you know, I'm going to admit I'm wrong. You know, I'm going to praise them when they deserve it. But right now, I see no reason to bet on the Arizona Cardinals. I have them at 1 and 16. Okay, uh, I saved these teas. I can't even talk. I saved these two teams for last because they play tonight on Thursday Night Football. Let's start with Detroit. I have the Detroit Lions going 11 and 6 this year. I am all in on the Detroit Lions. I'm a big believer. I think they're going to be awesome. I have them finishing first in the NFC North. 
Their first round running back, Jameer Gibbs, is a stud. He can run. He can catch passes. He's basically uh, an alternate version of Christian McCaffrey, if I'm totally honest. I think he's going to be a massive playmaker, a phenomenal player. They've got a great offensive line. They've got a, I almost said reliable quarterback, Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff isn't reliable. He's good. He can play. I think Jared Goff is going to really impress a lot of people this year, make people go, wow, we, we were really mean to Jared Goff, weren't we? And yeah, we were, uh, myself included. I think Jared Goff is going to be very good this year and make people uh, second guess the Rams trade uh, with Matthew Stafford and make people go, I think the, the Lions won that trade. Oh my gosh. I mean, the Rams got a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, but the Lions rebuilt their football team, something Matthew Stafford tried to do many times and failed to do. They've got a good defense in Detroit. They've got a really good coaching staff. I believe Detroit's going to win a playoff game this year. It's going to be awesome. I, I cannot wait to see what Detroit does. I'm all in. I think they're a good football team, and it's going to be really cool. And finally, I have the Kansas City Chiefs going 11-6 and six this year. Patrick Mahomes is 13-3 and three in September for his entire career. In the month of September, he rarely loses. I think this year is going to be the rare year where Kansas City has a slow start. I actually have Kansas City starting the year 0-2. I think they lose to start the year to Detroit. Then they lose to Jacksonville. Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee. And they've got these unproven receivers in Kansas City with Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney. Also, their stud defensive tackle, Chris Jones, is still not with the football team. So by the end of the year, Kansas City is going to have these issues solved, and they're going to be rolling. Chris Jones will join the team eventually. Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony are going to get better. Travis Kelsey will get back to being healthy. As the year goes on, Kansas City is going to get better, and um, by the end of the year, they'll be the number three seed in the AFC. They're going to win their division. They are still a Super Bowl contender. If the Chiefs have a slow start, don't panic. They'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore, even if they're not great to start the year, they're so talented, they're going to figure it out. And they've got a great coach, Andy Reid, and a great quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, to help them along the way. I have a lot of confidence in Kansas City. They're going to go 11-6, and six, win their division, uh, but it could be a slow start in Kansas City. We did it, guys! Woo! Predictions round two. I got to pick that up later. That's unfortunate. I saw where it went. It's way behind the bookshelf over there. That's going to be awful. Um, <laughs> we did it. Predictions, predictions round two are over. Uh, it's going to be an awesome year of football. Hope you enjoy. I'm going to just cut it here because I, I don't want this show to go any longer. I've got so much to edit and try to upload between now and the beginning of Thursday Night Football. Enjoy Thursday Night Football. I love you. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. But I'm bum. Bam, we are done.